Hi, this is Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with a Slate spoiler special podcast on The Changeling, the new Clint Eastwood movie starring Angelina Jolie. So I'm here with Julia Turner, Slate's deputy editor. Hi, Julia. Hi, Dana. And we saw The Changeling together last night. Walked out of it. Neither of us really impressed, but I think I liked it a little more than you did. I have to say that these Clint Eastwood woman in trouble movies, it's not a movie I would ever go see on my own recognizance. It just seems like drama without nuance and a lot of plotting, melodramatic excuses. Plotting for with two Ds, not two yeah, Ds. Yeah, yeah. Plotting. There's plenty of plotting, but <laughs> the whole thing is very plotting. So I was interested to see it sort of as an exercise. Do I dislike this movie as much as the trailer suggests I will dislike this movie? And you did. Yeah, it was just complete schlock. I mean, within it, he's a, he's a good you know storyteller, and it's sort of this gripping drama about a woman in the 1920s, a single mother. Based on a true story, we should add. Yeah, whose, whose child is disappears one day when she's away at work, and her quest to get him back, which we can get into a little bit further on. But basically, it it was pretty schlocky and predictable, I thought. What did you think? Well, I mean, during the unrolling of the movie, I have to say that I was fairly involved with it. This is what Clint Eastwood does to me that I always resent. It's not that I even like his movies while I'm watching them. I resent that manipulation and that schlock factor. This was completely true with Million Dollar Baby as well, which I guess you're referring to when you talk about the Clint Eastwood woman in trouble kind of movie, the plucky, strong Clint Eastwood woman, but yet a victim at all times. I even cry in some of the parts where you're supposed to cry, but I'm angry about it the whole time because, as you say, he operates completely without nuance whatsoever. And I guess my principal problem with the movie, which we can get into, is that you know there really was no moral nuance whatsoever, and it's a moral drama, so it's fairly uninteresting to watch an absolutely angelic, beautiful, kind, loyal, trustworthy mother look for her beautiful, wonderful son who's also established as this extra nice little boy who does heroic things for other people when all of their opponents are these sort of scowling, corrupt Irish cops who have absolutely no nuance to their character either. Yeah, there just was not a single character in the entire movie who was surprising. So it it, it was a little bit dull. Well, let's. Um, I want to get to Angelina which is obviously the sort of the reason that we saw the movie and the main thing that we want to talk about, this sort of huge outsized celebrity at its center and really the only very famous actor cast in it. John Malkovich is the only one whose face is really even that recognizable. The rest are sort of somewhat generic character actors who you're not likely to know from other movies. But um, but let's get spoiling a little bit first, because this is you know sort of a, a mystery at heart. What, what happened to her little boy? And what's the story with this weird changeling? We should explain the title The Changeling right. has to do with the fact that um, I guess it's supposedly a, a, a few months, five months or so after her son disappears, her nine-year-old son. This other nine-year-old boy is produced by the police who they claim is her son, and he's not. He's just a different little boy who says he has the same name. And there's a long section of the movie where sort of a gaslighting situation where people are trying to make her think that she's crazy. People being the LAPD are trying to make her think that she's nuts because she doesn't recognize her own son. And, you know, she's running around trying to get corroboration from his teachers and doctors and so forth. So that's actually a pretty interesting setup. And it's pretty incredible that it's a it's a true story. So let's 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 spoil a little bit. Who who is a little boy? That's never quite clear to me in the movie what his motivation is. Yeah. Well, the, the fake u- little boy. The ultimate spoiler is she never finds the real son. Right. We're really going to spoil everything. But um, and we have reason to believe that he was murdered by this serial killer. Yeah. Right? Well, okay. So uh, so the little boy is some drifter kid of some kind, it seems like, or he's a runaway from the Midwest. It, it, it's never very clear. But for some reason, he 
claims to be her son, possibly at the instigation of this very corrupt police department, which is getting a lot of bad press and wants the good press of having found this sort of famous lost child. Apparently, she's become a bit of a media celebrity in 1920s Los Angeles, this poor mother who lost her son. Then, later in the film, a cop, the one good cop on the entirety of the Los Angeles Police Department, gets a routine call to go pick up some kind of Canadian runaway in somewhere out in the wilds of of California. And he finds this incredibly creepy ranch, this like freaky deaky ranch with a lot of blades all over the place and there's hatchets lying around and then there's more knives lying around and then there's even a big fan in the window with its blades chop, chop, chopping and then a little scared kid kind of running around. So he brings in the kid. He assumes the kid is the Canadian runaway. He's kind of like going to send him back to Canada and suddenly the kid says, excuse me, sir, but I have to tell you something. Uh, I was actually held prisoner at that ranch by a really evil dude who made me kill lots and lots of children. And then goes on to explain this macabre story about this guy who abducted and killed somewhere between 15 and 20 boy, young boys on this ranch and made the, the kid accomplice also help kill them, which is just grisly. And then he identifies as one of the... The cop shows him a bunch of photos of, of kids who are missing, and this accomplice child identifies one of the kids they killed as Angelina's son, Walter Collins. Right. And so then at that point, Angelina begins to believe what about the, the boy who was brought in as a substitute? I mean, this is a legitimate question on my part. I don't really understand what the movie is claiming was the relationship between the fake boy and the police. Was that was did that bother you as well? I mean, you, you're not sure if he was coached by the police and told to At come. At the very to her. end of the film, they return the fake Walter Collins to his mother, so seemingly his real mother, some woman from the Midwest, and he says, sort of briefly, as he's getting hustled onto the train back home, the cops—they're the ones who told me to say I was Walter Collins. You know, sort of suggesting that the cops found this random stray and talked him into this ploy. Why he would go along with it? was never clear to me. That seemed like sort of a logical hole at the center it of the movie. It may be that that's a logical hole in the real-life story, but I sort of wish even fictionally that the movie had filled it in because, I mean, as far as the plotting, plotting with two Ts, <laughs> the, the the movie never really delivers on, you know, this, this basic question, which I think is the most interesting one. How did it come to be that a bunch of cops thought they could pass off the wrong child as the real child? Right. The gaslighting angle of the movie also has a um, has its ultimate sort of nadir when Angelina is her character is thrown into a psych ward because you know she continues to claim that this is not her son and to accuse the police department of trying to put something over on her and there's sort of a snake pit section of the movie sort of like the old fifties melodrama snake pit in which a perfectly sane woman is put into this crazy and very retro you know old school psych ward like something out of a you know a very old women's prison movie. Um, Do you have anything to say about the the whole prison section? I thought that was actually one of the most interesting parts of the movie. I mean, the movie has or attempts to have a bunch of interesting things to say about sort of motherhood and womanhood in this era, I think, in that, you know, she's a single mother, which is sort of suspect. She doesn't quite get the backup from her neighbors that she should when she's trying to figure out, trying to prove to the world that the child that's been returned to her is not, in fact, her child. And then there's also sort of this thread in the prison of like, well, it's so easy for people to assume women are crazy in this in this mixed up world. If a woman tries to, to say what's right or speak the truth or, you know, cross anybody in power, they'll just assume she's hysterical and crazy. When Angelina gets tossed into this prison, 
or this psych ward, very conveniently the first morning at breakfast, the lovely Amy Ryan, who's the actress from The Wire and who is currently playing Michael Carell's, sorry, Steve Carell's perhaps girlfriend, girlfriend to be on the on the American office, shows up as this kind of street talking whore who got on the wrong side of the cops and happened to be in prison and she very conveniently explains. That's just what you need on your first morning in the psych ward. It's like at your orientation meeting with no, the wise seriously, whore. seriously. She was, she was very, I mean, because you were kind of gotten to this interesting place where you thought, oh, is Angelina going to lose her sanity and maybe think it was her son? And the cops are sort of very persuasive and and um, just so insistent that it is her son and she must be making some mistake that she does begin to doubt herself. But just when she's about to lose her grip on reality and the gaslight, the gaslighting is really going to take effect, Amy Ryan pops up with a kind of frazzly mop of blonde hair and is like, listen, sister, you're code 12. That means you crossed the cops. That one crossed the cops. And now she's been fried with the, you know, by, by the um, shock therapy and... Okay, so Angelina has courage to buck up. At the very least, you can say that Amy Ryan's a very welcome face at that moment, sort of a great a great relief from the, the un, I don't know, the sort of unmuzzled melodrama and somber tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, I liked that bit. So maybe that's a good place, since we're talking about the figure of, of the woman in the Clint Eastwood movie, maybe it's a good place to, to shift over to talking about Angelina herself, which I think is what people are going to want to hear about in this movie. It's a common critique made of, Angelina's recent performances, including the one in the A Mighty Heart, the Marianne Pearl movie, movie she made last year, that her celebrity has kind of eclipsed her acting in the sense that we can't even tell if she's a good actress anymore. We, we know so much about her life and about Brad Pitt and the twins and the international charities and, you know, all the, the craziness that is Brangelina that we can no longer focus on her performances. What, what do you think about that? And did that happen for you in this movie? I found that it did happen a little bit in this movie and more so in this movie than in Wanted, the the crazy thriller about a secret sect of assassins, which I'll confess to having seen of my own volition this summer. In this film, she just plays this sort of er mother. And there's a scene early on where, you know, she's wearing this 20s cloche and she has this dark red lipstick and this impeccable chiffon tunic on. And um, she calls the cops and is trying to report her missing son and they won't send anyone for 24 hours and she just wells up with emotion and she says but it's my son i've lost my son and i was like oh god she just she wants to be the most pure distillation of motherhood on the planet and this role serves to to kind of reinforce her public image as angelina jolie more so than she the actress is submerging herself in this role I agree. And it's kind of impossible to tell to what extent that's her choice of the role or her way of playing the role. I mean, it's a very unshaded role, right? She's, she is kind of the Ur Angelina character, not just the Ur mother, but the sort of Ur superhero in a way. I mean, obviously, there's not a supernatural angle to the movie, but there are these sort of elements that bring out her sort of, you know, phys- her perfection as a physical specimen in an right. almost funny way, like the fact that she roller skates at her job. She's a switchboard. She's the manager of a switchboard, a telephone switchboard, you know, old school, like you see in the movies with the bank of women plugging and unplugging cords. And she roller skates up and down this, this phone bank, sort of managing and giving instructions to people. And those scenes to me were just very, very funny. Yeah, I mean, all I think all of, all of the so. managers are roller skating. It's not not purely the Angelina Jolie affectation. I guess that's how they improved speed and efficiency in the 1929 workplace. But 
not it's not just the roller skating. It's like if anyone gets their lines crossed, Angelina Jolie is the <laughs> best tele- telephone operator manager in She's the entirety the best of Los roller skating switchboard operator that the twenties ever knew. She can do nothing wrong. And there's a scene late in the movie where she's called to um, to visit the serial killer in prison. He actually summons her the eve of his execution, extremely melodramatic kind of plotting moment, and says, um, "I'm going to tell you something about what happened to your son if you come and see me in prison." And so she does. And there's this kind of great crazy moment where she grabs the serial killer by the collar and throws him up against the wall and is saying over and over again, did you kill my son? Did you kill my son? And, and to me, it was that was the Angelina Jolie of Wanted sort of popping out again. Yeah, it's like, really? This this sort of demure, I mean, she's not demure, but this, she could never be demure. But this woman of that period is going to throw this guy up against the wall? It was bizarre. But far more believable in that moment than when she tries to be demure. You know, I mean, all her sort of attempts to be ladylike and, and victimized earlier in the movie, especially the gaslighting scenes, never worked for me. I just don't believe that Angelina Jolie would ever believe that she was crazy just because some some cop told her so. Yeah, the the moments there are a couple moments. The 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 moment that did work is the first moment where the the boy gets off the train and she greets him and says that's not my son. And the the kind of evil cop who orchestrates this whole boy swap says to her, "He's changed. It's been a rough 5 months. You're emotionally upset." You need to just take him home on a trial basis and see if if he's not really your son. And it's it's kind of a masterful moment. I actually did buy that moment. Subsequent moments, I didn't buy her doubt, but that that they do execute that turn believably. I think. I, I agree. I agree. I, and I like that scene. And that was one of the moments when you could imagine how such a bizarre switch could have have taken place in real life. I have one more thing to say about the the celebrity Angelina question and the question of can she act and can we even tell anymore, which is that to me, it seems like looking back through Angelina's film career, she's always, it's funny how I keep calling her by her first name. She kind of invites that that intimacy. But looking back through Jolie's film career, you see that she always played this outsized, outsider, sort of glamorous type, even before she herself was a huge celebrity. I mean, Girl Interrupted, the role that she won for, which you think of in this movie because it's, you know, another woman on a psych ward. In a a repressive time for women. Right. The whole the whole point of that character sort of is that she's just this magnetic personality that has the whole floor sort of under her thumb. And I don't know if you saw this early sort of B-movie that she made called Foxfire. Did you ever see Foxfire? No. It's sort of like a girl friendship, girl power movie. She was probably is it 18 based on when the, she made it. There's some Joyce Carol Oates book, it Foxfire, based, about a girl gang or something. Yes, yes. I think it is probably huh. based on that novel. I didn't know it was Joyce Carol Oates. But yeah, it's about a, a bunch of teen girls who sort of undergo this this summer of ritual bonding and tattoo each other and run around doing slightly, you know, mildly disturbing things. And she's sort of the girl gang leader. And I just remember it was the first movie I ever saw her in. It might have been her first movie. Certainly it was her first kind of striking role. And I just remember thinking, who the hell is that? And she was not at all glamorous at that in that role. She was sort of um, butch, sort of boyish with short hair and right. was kind of the tomboy leader of the gang. And, you know, once again, the role was completely focused around this, this, the sheer force of her personality. So, I mean, I'm not sure that it's necessarily that celebrity has made her unable to disappear as an actress. I think maybe that was always her strength as an actress, that she doesn't disappear. Yeah, she just feels like this alien creature in in, in sort of a great way. I think you're right that maybe that was always there, that it's not that the celebrity has created, obscured the acting, but that always what she's done hasn't quite been acting, but sort of channeling this electric, magnetic female energy of some kind. Which we haven't even gotten into the tabloid, Angelina, but I think it's the same way that she she works the press, in fact. And I continue to like the tabloid Angelina for all her excesses and, you know, the ridiculous amount of overcoverage that she gets. I may be annoyed at some of the coverage, but I always feel like Angelina comes across as kind of cool and that she somehow, I think, does live her life in that 
of course, she's now enabled by en- enormous amounts of wealth and power. But she does live her life in that sort of I, no rules apply to me kind of zone. And there's something very compelling about it as a consumer of mass culture to watch her live that life. I know. I'm so torn about it because I, f- I do find her admirable in the in that she sort of, you know, whatever, kisses her brother when she gets the Oscar, has Billy Bob Thornton's blood around her neck. <laughs> you know, that she sort of will do whatever and, and doesn't seem to care what people think. It's a little bit odd that she sort of bent that willfulness away from the unexpected gesture, a la the blood in the vial, toward kind of the ultimate expected celebrity gesture of the moment, which is become a mother, pimp out your photos of your babies, marry another celebrity. Well, but celebrity. wait, let me, let me jump a little bit to her defense here. I think that all of those somewhat um, conventional celebrity, whatever they are, sort of life choices that she's embracing, she's embracing in a pretty unconventional way. She hasn't married Brad Pitt, and she continues to say that they're not going to get married until gay people can get married, which I personally think is just great. I absolutely hope that they stick to that. They, they're doing, obviously, the insane, giant, adopted family that they claim right, will keep right. on expanding. I mean, I'm not saying that all these are necessarily the greatest choices or choices that, you know, other celebrities or anyone should make. But I feel like they are still keeping themselves no, outside. You're right. She's done it in her own way. It's just it's a little harder to tell. And these the $14 days. million dollars that they just raised from the twin photos. Not that I read celebrity blogs <laughs> or anything, <laughs> but they didn't. They donated all that to their foundation, which is, you know, some kind of international charity. Yeah. No, I, I like her sort of in spite of myself, but I feel like it's easier to lump her in with the conventional celebrities these days than it was five or six years ago. But I think you're right that she's she's an alien creature. I hope she continues to be. I mean, I think at the very least she's providing something that no other celebrity provides. There's, as, as, as that uh, interesting profile in the Times last Sunday said, there's not anyone who's exchangeable with Angelina. You know, there's not anyone else who can be substituted into that spot. And that's what makes her continue to be interesting to watch as an actor or as a real person. All right. So we should wrap this up. But, Julia, thanks a lot for coming to see the movie. And thanks for joining me in this spoiler special. Thanks, Dana. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.